This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Hey, cat lovers. Welcome to Nine Lives with Dr. Cat. I'm your host, Dr. Katherine Prim, and I'm a small animal veterinarian, and of course, I'm owned by a cat named Scamper. Today, I have a very special guest with me to talk about a topic that is kind of a hot topic. Dr. Joe Barges is a double-boarded veterinarian. He is boarded in internal medicine as well as veterinary nutrition, so he is an amazing expert to talk with us today about feeding your cat raw diets. What are the pros and cons of that? So we'll be right back with Dr. Barges after these messages. Today's episode is sponsored by Hanover Square Press and the secret language of cats. How to Understand Your Cat for a Better, Happier Relationship by Suzanne Schatz. Have you ever wondered what your cat is saying? In The Secret Language of Cats, Schatz offers a crash course in cat phonics to help you crack the cat code. Perfect for the fans of The Lion in the Living Room and the Inner Life of Animals, The Secret Language of Cats by Suzanne Schatz is available for purchase today. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Nine Lives with Dr. Cat on Pet Life Radio. Today, we're going to talk about raw diets for feeding cats. Are they best? What do we need to consider? What do we need to know? So, Dr. Barges, I think we need to start out with what is nutrition, the foundations of nutrition for cats. Well, the foundations for nutrition for cats are like with any individual person, dog, horse, whatever. I mean, nutrition is the source of life and you are what you eat. And so it's it's the provision of all the things necessary for not only living but thriving and, and doing well. But it's even more than that because nutrition is often used to treat diseases and we modify you know different ingredients for different I- issues but nutrition can be used as preventative as well and i think in small animal medicine in particular we're starting to appreciate that more and more well i think that that is really exciting because as a small animal practicing small animal veterinarian i love preventing things and taking control of things before they happen. So we have some nutrition catchphrases, if you will, that people read on the internet or hear kind of thrown around. Words like balanced. Can you talk with us a little bit about what it means to be balanced and complete in a diet? Sure. So complete and balanced. So the organization that sets the guidelines for Defining what complete and balanced is is the Association of American Feed Control Officials, and they have developed nutrient profiles for different life stages for dogs and cats and and other uh, animals as well. And they're basically four life stages, pregnancy, lactation or nursing, growth, and adults. Really, in essence, there are two. That is reproduction, the first three, and then adult maintenance. And so when we talk about a complete and balanced diet, we're talking about a diet that or a food that when fed as the sole source of nutrition meets or exceeds all of the necessary nutrients that we know of for one or more of those life stages. In humans, of course, what we do is we eat multiple things. That's why we have the food pyramid and exchange lists and things like that. But for dog and cats, we usually go to the grocery store and buy 
you know, a bag of food or a case of cans. And when that's fed as the sole source of nutrients, that's all you would need to feed because it meets or exceeds all of those things that we know. And that's what we mean by complete balance. So complete is it meets all of those things. And then the balance part is the nutrients are balanced to the other nutrients in the diet. So there's not an imbalance or too much or too little of something relative to something else. And a good example is calcium phosphorus balance. Um, we know that there needs to be a little bit more calcium than phosphorus in the diet. And so if that balance isn't met, then you can run into all sorts of issues like with joint disease and bone issues. So we want our diet to provide energy and then nutrients. And there are some other things, I guess, that we have recently learned about our diets that could be beneficial. And I would like to just quickly touch on some things like omega-3 fatty acids. And I know that you know a lot more than I do about this. Can you just kind of Throw in your two cents worth about those things. Yeah. So again, we know now and we're learning more and more that diet has a much bigger role than just providing protein or energy or the vitamins that you need. We know that there are certain nutrients that are beneficial. So for example, the omega-3 fatty acids. Omega-3 fatty acids mainly come from uh, marine life, fish and stuff like krill and things like that, although there are some that come from flax um, and flax seed. For cats, though, the issue is they can't use those omega-3s in plant sources. It has to be mainly animal-based or fish marine life-based omega-3 fatty acids. And the advantage of these omega-3 fatty acids are they help moderate the immune response. They can have anti-inflammatory effects. And during growth, it's known that it helps, you know, brain and nerve, uh, neural tissue development, not only during the growth phase, but while they're in the uterus, while they're being, you know, carried by the pregnant queen. So, these are things now that we know and we're knowing, learning more and more that if we feed early helps later on in life as a sort of preventative effect. And that's just one nutrient. We also know that some of the composition of the foods change the bacteria in our GI tract and the bacteria in our GI tract are more than just there to help prevent infectious diseases or whatever. They have an effect on immune function and metabolism and inflammation and and we can change those by feeding different foodstuffs. So I think that's super exciting too. So our topic today, though, was raw diets. I wanted to give everybody that little foundation about what diet is and the things that are in it that we want to look for. But do you feel that a raw diet can be made complete and balanced? I do, and I have. Raw diets can be complete and balanced. And, and you can purchase raw diets that are commercially made and then by law, by definition, they have to be complete and balanced to meet those AFCO requirements. But homemade raw diets can be uh, formulated as well. And if you work with a veterinary nutritionist, they can help balance out and make a homemade diet, raw or not, a complete and balanced diet. So what do you feel are the advantages to be considered when feeding a raw diet? Well, what we know is very little. There actually are no studies that document that raw diets are better than heat processed commercial diets. There's certainly concern, especially with homemade raw diets, about infectious diseases. And the reason is that the law dictates that commercial dog and cat foods have zero salmonella. Whereas human foods, you know, 30, 40% of chicken you buy over the counter at a grocery store can have salmonella. So the, the requirements of a pet food to be zero tolerance infectious is much more stringent than human food. So the infectious disease is one thing that you get a little worried about. But again, commercial raw food diets have to have zero infectious diseases. And so that helps. 
But in terms of are there other benefits, we nobody has done the studies long-term or even short-term to show much benefit. There is one study that was performed by a graduate student that I had when I was at another university where we did an AFCO growth trial in kittens, and uh, we followed the requirements for what all the pet foods go for, for a label that this is complete balance for kitten growth. And what we compared was a commercially available heat processed canned food with a commercially available raw food diet for growth. And then she made a homemade diet of raw chicken that we had balanced and made complete for a growth. And we didn't really see much difference between the groups. Um, there were no differences in their immune function, their response to vaccination, oxidative stress, their blood work, their growth rates. I mean, they all looked good. We kind of subjectively argued that maybe the ones on the raw food diets looked a little better all in all. But what we did find is that the, especially the homemade raw food uh, diet was much more digestible and the, the digestibility of those diets were much better than the others to the point where those kittens on the homemade raw diet would defecate like every two to three days and it would be a small amount because they got so much nutrition out of the food because of the digestibility but other than that there wasn't any disadvantage there was no difference in infectious diseases or anything but we really didn't show any other advantage at least on a short term during the growth phase in terms of all the other stuff we looked at Okay, so I want to have a quick word from our sponsors and then come back and talk with Dr. Barches about any safety concerns because I think the safety of feeding raw diet is very, very important. So we'll be right back after these messages. Molly, here's your dinner. (coughs) Zeus, that's not your food. Don't let that happen to your precious cat. Elevate your cat's eating experience with the Cat Tree Tray. The Cat Tree Tray keeps your cat's food off the floor and conveniently located on the cat tree. It's the perfect way to eat. It's a beautiful wrought iron tray that easily attaches to your cat tree and keeps dogs and other critters out of your cat's dish. A must for multi-pet households. There's a 6-inch tray for large bowls and a 4-inch tray for smaller bowls. Purchase your Cat Tree Tray today. Go right now to CatTreeTray.com. That's CatTreeTray.com. C-A-T-T-R-E-E-T-R-A-Y.com. Let's Talk Pets. Let's Talk Pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Nine Lives with Dr. Cat on Pet Life Radio. I'd like to pick up where we left off talking with Dr. Joe Barches about raw diets for cats. And so my main concern on this, we've talked about whether or not the diet can be balanced and whether or not there are advantages, but I'd like to talk a little bit about the safety concerns. And I know there's something you have to share about that. Yeah, there are safety concerns. Again, with commercial raw foods, there has to be a zero tolerance. And when you look on recall lists, they're usually small companies that make raw diets that are taking their food off the market because of concerns of salmonella or whatever. The larger companies that have been around for a while, they tend less to have problems. And again, the FDA and then they require a zero infectious disease level. The homemade diets become a more of a concern, and some of it's just common sense, but you'll read things on the internet about, well, 
add vinegar or freeze the food. And vinegar doesn't kill bacteria and freezing food doesn't kill bacteria either. So just because it's in the freezer doesn't mean the bacteria are dead. And so that's misinformation. I know it's hard to believe that's out on the internet. But when I talk to pet owners about making homemade raw food diets, it's just common sense. And I talk about storing the ingredients separate from their food, you having a different freezer refrigerator for the foods, having a different preparation area, different utensils, different bowls, different knives, whatever. Wash your hands, wear gloves might even be better, but at least wash your hands and wash the knives and the spoons and bowls separate from your bowls and things like that. And I also believe that at least with homemade raw food diets, that there are situations where we probably don't want to feed our cats or dogs those diets. Um, if there's children in the household, if there are elderly, you know, people in the household, humans in the household that have poor immune functions, pregnant uh, women in the household, or people who have immune deficiency either due to chemotherapy or you know some other underlying disease, with homemade raw food diets, I think the risk is such that I wouldn't want to tempt the fate, as it were. And oftentimes, the pets who eat raw foods aren't sick, but the problem is that they carry it and they shed it into the environment, whether it's into the litter box with their cats or if they you know, poop on the rug or something. And so that is where people mainly get exposed to or in handling the food and the food bowls more so than the cat having diarrhea or anything like that. So those are situations I, I would be very discouraging to pet owners in terms of feeding a homemade raw food diet. So I think every cat owner has to, to take into account all of these things to make an educated decision for themselves. So if you have help from a veterinary nutritionist, you can formulate a raw diet or provide a commercially available balanced raw diet, but you have to take into account the humans in your household, that it's not going to make your cat sick, but it could make the humans sick. I think that is a really important point. So what about the time investment that would be required to make a balanced raw diet from scratch? Uh, homemade diets in general are not only a time investment, but a monetary investment, which, you know, some people are willing to do because that's the lifestyle that they have and it fits their lifestyle and that's what they want for their cats, you know, in their household. But it is a, it is a monetary one. The good thing is cats are not 200 pounds. So the monetary investment is not quite as bad as with larger, you know, 80, 100 pound dogs, but it still takes time. In fact, we have two cats and uh, we, we feed them commercial foods, a variety of high protein, low carbohydrate kind of diets. But we also provide part of their nutrition as homemade that we have made complete and balanced. And it takes us a couple hours, about one Sunday afternoon a month to make a month's worth of this diet that we make in little logs and then stick in the freezer and then feed them little bits each day mixed with their commercial foods. So there is a time commitment. And that's something that owner, if you're thinking about doing a homemade diet, you need to look at, do I have the time to do it? Do I have the resources to do it? Do I have the space to do it? And why am I doing it? Why do I think I'm doing this? And is it really worth those investments versus the time required to do everything. Um, can I do it? Because if you start changing things, then you make your diet incomplete and unbalanced. You can cause more problems than if you stick to the recipe with substitutions. And when you start cutting corners, that's where homemade diets become a, can become a problem rather than a benefit. And you can actually create some pretty serious lifelong issues with nutritional deficiencies, can't you? Absolutely. Sometimes that lifelong is not that long, uh, depending on what deficiency <laughs> you, you induce, especially with cats. I mean, taurine deficiencies, if you're not careful, 
you know, can cause or associated with heart problems, with vision problems. If you have a queen that you're using that is having kittens, she can have reproductive problems. The kittens can be born with skeletal deformities. I mean, so there's there's a lot of potential issues. Too much vitamin A. If you add too much, you know, vitamin A and, and like cod liver oil or something to the diet can cause a very painful uh, fusion of the bones in the neck. So, I mean, if you have imbalances in fat, they can get what's called pansteatitis, which is a painful inflammation of the fat because it's sort of in their body, that fat's sort of becoming rancid and becomes inflammatory and it can be under the skin or it can be internally. And those are those can be very, not only painful and dis, you know, discomforting, but can be life-threatening. Do you see more of that kind of stuff now that we have the internet giving advice like we have now? I don't know that we see as much as we used to. I've been doing this for about 30 plus years. And, and you know, what we know about complete and balanced foods has changed in 30 years. And people willing to help pet owners make and formulate balanced and complete uh, homemade diets. Uh, there was nobody 30 years ago uh, when I started and, and there was no software to do it. You didn't have access to what was in a, a chicken breast or whatever. And so it was much less, we were much less knowledgeable then. And so we did see a lot more of those kind of deficiencies or excess problems. We don't see those as much now if things are done correctly, but that's when they're not done correctly or somebody somebody told somebody told somebody and now I'm, I, you know, I'm doing what my next door neighbor did and they didn't have any problems, but it's not a complete and balanced diet. But we also see that in some of the commercial foods as well. There have been recalls for thiamine deficiencies and, you know, vitamin D problems and things like that. It, so it happens not only with homemade, but commercial foods also. So I'm with you. I like the idea of sort of providing a lot of different things so that I'm less likely to settle on one that's got something missing. But this show, that's my mission with this show is to kind of combat all the bad information out there and give some good information. And I want everyone listening that is considering a raw diet to make sure that they include their veterinarian who may also include a veterinary nutritionist to help you formulate. Make sure that you weigh out the pros and cons. Is it worth it? Because Dr. Barr just didn't see a big difference in his kittens um, fed commercially prepared dry or canned cat food versus the effort that the student did to make the, the raw diet. So, and think about the price and time commitment. Is there anything else that you would like for my listeners to know for sure about feeding raw diets? Uh, just common sense. I think, again, raw food or any homemade diet, the advantage of them, advantages of them are you have have control. Uh, you have more control than just going to the store and buying a bag or, or cans of food um, in terms of what you can feed, uh, what you can substitute. But the disadvantages, as we've talked about, are the time and the money commitment. And then with homemade raw diets, the hygiene part of it. Again, the commercial raw food diets have to have zero salmonella. So at least that has come to, to be. And, and that was put in place about five years ago. It's taken time for all that to really be followed through, but just common sense and good hygiene and good cleanliness when you're doing this at home if you decide to do it. Well, that is excellent. That's an excellent roundup. And I want to thank our producer, Mark Winter, and all of my listeners for joining me on Nine Lives with Dr. Cat on Pet Life Radio. And a special, special thank you to Dr. Joe Barges for taking time out of his busy work day seeing patients to help educate us a little bit about raw diets. Thank you, Dr. Barges. Thank you for inviting me on the show. Well, I want everyone out there to go out and have a perfect day. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, 
only on PetLifeRadio.com.